Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. There is focus modes also. But uh, in terms of automations, it's first of all, it it's smart, and so it can turn on automatically when you arrive at a location, which otherwise you can't do with automations. It always has to tr- prompt you. So that alone is really like when I arrive at work is now something that you can actually truly automate, but it does kind of rely on that Siri intelligence thing. Um, but then you can also just manually trigger it in a way that just isn't weird otherwise um, because there's a set focus mode action. So you can have a shortcut that sets a focus mode and then an automation that does something afterwards. That's a little weird conceptually because you're like, why don't I just build one shortcut that does all of it? But then you can actually split out those use cases into different situations. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. I'm recording this episode before we know when Apple is having their big September event or releasing iPad OS 15. So this episode could be coming out right around that time. And if it does, then this will be the perfect episode to get you going and up to speed with all of the updates to shortcuts for iPad OS 15. And as we'll talk about, there are some really powerful new actions like the ability to automatically back up your iPad's local storage to iCloud or even back up your iCloud files to an external hard drive with one tap. To cover all these changes, I had the pleasure of speaking with Shortcuts expert Matthew Casanelli. You can listen to episodes 41 and 42, 58, 90, and 91 to listen to our past interviews all about Shortcuts. So this is our fourth annual interview all about what's new with Shortcuts. Matthew is a Shortcuts expert and was a part of the team that became Shortcuts when Apple acquired Workflow. He runs an awesome membership and newsletter that can help you get even deeper into shortcuts. Sign up today at MatthewCasinelli.com. Before we get into this episode, I do want to share one iPadOS 15 tip to open this episode, as we may not have time to get to the iPadOS 15 deep dive episode before the OS releases. So here's one of my favorite things about the way they've adjusted slide over in iPadOS 15. You can now swipe up really high to dismiss the slide over app to whatever side of the screen the slide over apps are on. You can do this either with a four finger swipe on the trackpad or with your finger on the screen. This has been a transformative change for how I use slide over as I find to trying to drag the window off the screen to not be the most elegant process and this new swipe gesture really speeds up how I dismiss slide over apps. With that said, I just want to remind everyone that you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier. Bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to iPad Pros in Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is an all-inclusive single subscription. You'll get all the bonus content plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. By default, subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into your subscription settings in the Settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick one to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. No matter your region, it really does help. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search, helping others discover the show. 
If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done that. With that, Here's my interview with Matthew Castanelli, all about shortcuts for iPadOS 15 and the other OSs releasing this year. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Matthew. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's awesome having you back on. I'm not sure how many... Is this our third or fourth time uh, doing our yearly shortcut updates here? Um, I'm not sure. I get Maybe three, I think. I think I saw randomly Googling for shortcuts that it says shortcuts four plus on the app store. So now I don't even know <laughs> which version we're on. <laughs> it's been, we're like almost what, like two years into the pandemic. I think all time it's gone out the window yeah. reference of time and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, um, we do these yearly catch-ups and you can go back in the archives and check out at least, at least two additional ones. I think the first year I split them into two episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah, we try to cover it's a tradition now for sure. That's yeah, tradition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to cover what's new, the shortcuts so everyone can kind of like see, Hey, what can you now automate that you couldn't last year? And how has that kind of system changed? And, um, I always have a lot of fun kind of learning what I can now do with my iPad or iPhone. And now we'll talk about a little bit today. Uh, another platform is being added, the Mac, which is a big deal because it also means the iPad gets these new power features, as we'll talk about. I don't think it would have. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. I mean, that is like a whole other world that's going to be opened up to shortcuts both in the platform and just the kind of people who will now adopt shortcuts, even just coming back to the iPad, I think is going to be exciting as well Yeah, for the developers and just people now can kind of use it everywhere, which I think that, that was kind of a relief to me in many ways, even though I'm totally in on iPad and I love it and I'm going to continue using it more than probably the average person. I think it's still like, nice to not have to just justify shortcuts and the iPad at the same time. They're both awesome and they both have their place and now it'll make them all better. So yeah, I think it's a cool part of both platform stories. So uh, before we get to this year's update for iPadOS 15 and iOS 15 and Monterey, can you kind of fill people in what you've been up to this past year? I know um, you're doing a couple podcasts and do, of course doing a bunch of shortcuts. Yeah, um, I do a podcast called Smart Tech Today every Thursday on Twit, which is This Week in Tech. That's a classic podcast network. I don't know how else to describe it. They yeah, it's like do the OG. Net, they started netcasts. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, <laughs> they have a video podcast back in 2007. <laughs> the totally. And I'm doing a video podcast now with uh, Micah Sargent. So that's a lot of fun because it's it's gotten me to be an expert now in total HomeKit stuff, but also. I'll say Amazon Echo, so I don't say the assistant name because yeah. we always have to spell it out on our podcast um, and Google Home and stuff like that. So that's gotten me out of my like Apple laser focus, but it's also just gotten me a lot more into um, home automation and things like that. And so that's been really awesome. But uh, otherwise, last September, I launched um, a whole membership program and newsletter at the same time newsletter is free and then the membership program is like a monthly or annual thing and basically i've been doing extra preview shortcuts and things like that that get added into my shortcuts library that i also relaunched at the same time um and so yeah i've been working on that the whole year pretty much and just kind of bearing through everything else that's been going on but also uh, that's been really awesome that's been 
amazing to have that kind of support through all of this too, which makes a huge difference. Um, but yeah, um, basically now I've been this summer revamping the whole shortcuts catalog and everything like that. And going to relaunch a lot of my shortcuts come September when this is probably out. So that'll be super fun to let everybody in on what I've been working on. Oh, very cool. And yeah, your newsletter is especially just so useful. I, I just find new shortcuts every week there that are like, oh, this is a really cool one for, say, app pairs that we'll talk about. They can now put these apps in pairs and you have this little menu list to pick which ones you want to have in the pair. And yeah, you have some really just inventive ones in there that that's, you know, an invaluable uh, you know newsletter to subscribe to. Thanks. I appreciate that. And it's fun, too, to just like document what other people are doing and what's going on week to week and things like that, because it's a good reference over time too. And I can go back through all that. So that's been fun. Yeah. So um, how's your iPad usage evolved over the past year? Uh, I know widgets we have over the summer now, and that's probably been a big thing because Shortcuts has the only interactive widget on, on iOS at this point. Totally. I mean, before the widgets, I think I actually really struggled with the iPad in iOS 14 because I wanted to do the level that I was doing on my phone. I mean, we had the whole home screen revolution (laughs) with TikTok and the custom icons and things like that. But I just tend to go overboard with some of these things. And so when you try to put 700 shortcuts on your home screen, adding just 15 steps for custom icons to every single process is not feasible. Um, And so (laughs) I just chose wisely to skip that and still spent so much time ended up of course like deleting it all and everything like that but i i definitely struggled with it because i felt like i had a pretty solid solution on the iphone and even but even then it was very maximalist in the same way of having like 20 home screens and so i think in many ways what i was trying to do last year is exactly what i'm doing now but focus modes are making all of the difference um so maybe we can like save that for when we get to it. But uh, just being able to essentially hide some of those home screens and only show the right one contextually has made a huge difference because just like with the iPad now this summer, I've basically done it all on my iPad too. And I can then take a lot more advantage of widgets and especially all of my shortcuts, which has for me has obviously made the biggest difference. So Yeah. And we'll definitely dive into focus mode because it's one of my favorite things about this year's updates and makes widgets that more useful because I don't need the same widget all day long. So yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Oh, yeah. Uh, So another thing I want to touch on is um, the wind down and bedtime shortcuts. Uh, When were those introduced? And has that been something you've gotten more and more into as time's gone by? Or is it something you've kind of forgotten about? I don't actually remember the exact... I don't remember if it was this year. I mean, it was definitely... Not just this year, but yeah, last year, the year. I don't exactly remember when it was introduced, but I've actually kind of struggled to use those. the The difference is, I use the automations for bedtime a lot, Mm -hmm. where you can have when one when wind down starts. I guess when there's three stages. I don't. Oh, I guess it's when wind down starts, when you fall asleep, and then when you wake up. And so those I find super useful. The the first of all the shortcuts to set up wind down the actual like menu for adding shortcuts was very buried in the sleep area and so I just had a long for a while I just didn't even know where to set it up and then it does start to once you do that though it creates an automatic category in shortcuts and you can just drag and drop stuff into there but I always something about that UI I am just completely blind to it 
Like, yeah. When it takes over my screen and there's a thing in the center that says wind down shortcuts or whatever, I just don't ever click on it. And I don't know why. Probably mm. because I'm tired and going to bed. <laughs> and I think also like a lot of the things that I would do, I either say to Siri or I don't want to like play music out loud or something like that. So yeah. situationally it like sounds nice in theory, but I actually don't find myself using it that much. But I think it's also something that, I mean, I don't know. I'm always, I'm just a weirdo. Like I, first of all, I do this pretty much for my job. So I'm going to recommit myself to it and then like do it more or something like that just because I'm into it. Um, but I think it is just like, it's always challenging to find the right way to use those kind of things when they happen at a certain time of day. Like I can't, I, I don't test that during the daytime. I could like fake the sleep schedule and things like that, but it is something that happens outside of work hours. So I'm just like, yeah, like I said, tired and asleep yeah. or something like that. But um, I mean, I, I could, I did just before the show, like put in um, some of the home scenes that I use and things like that around bedtime. And so that actually maybe will help me use those more. Like, cause I have ones for if I'm working late, I want to have certain lights on and then like one in the bathroom or um, I think there's a difference between like good night turns off all the lights, but bedtime is like just beforehand. So I do use those pretty often and I find the uh, control center suggestions are decently good, but it also, it, you know what I think about now? It never ever remembers to put my bedside light in there. So maybe I should put that on and then have a wind down shortcut to turn off the bedside light. So let me write that down. <laughs> it's kind of a handy little, like on the lock screen or whatever, it's like a big shortcuts button. And I have the lamp on and lamp off as like two things in there. And nice. then I also have the dark noise set to, to the home pod and set the volume. But I, I often just like, I've got the sleep focus mode on. And in that sleep focus mode, I've got the dark noise widget. I've got, I, and I was thinking about, hey, do I want to do uh, a music shortcut? But then I realized, no, I want to open the music app and pick what I want to listen to because it's not the same thing every night as I'm winding down. Yeah. So I'm finding, uh, yeah, the the focus mode and customizing that home screen more vital for me uh, personally. Yeah, I definitely also do have the like custom home screen, and we have a we have a sound machine that we have hooked up with a smart plug, and so that turns on with the scene, and so. That's why it's like we actually just use Siri and built that habit for like the last four years. So that's probably why is I have a HomePod mini in there and it's like I actually have the worst Qi charger next to my bedside. I need to switch that out because I every night I'm like fiddling with it. And I know that right now I definitely won't use those because there's no way I want to try to get my phone back on the charger (laughs) and have it like actually connect properly. So that's that's definitely part of it is. I've been trying not to use my phone in bed, so it is like kind of counterintuitive to that. Um, but it's I think it's a great feature, and I'm I'm also just like I I have very different habits than I'd say the average person interacting with this, and I'm, I'm curious to know how many more people do actually use it because I, I always I remember tweeting that I was like this is probably a great way to introduce people to shortcuts because it adds it into your shortcuts library and things like that. So right, yeah. And yeah. yeah, I just started sleep tracking a couple of weeks ago just to try to focus more on getting, you know, eight hours and not like pretending I'm okay on five, <laughs> which I sometimes like to pretend I can do. And uh, yeah, <laughs> trying the uh, the wind down shortcuts and stuff. Uh, just It's sometimes hard to think of good ideas for the wind downs. Like it kind of be pretty simple things. I'm not trying to like <laughs> <laughs> do something super complex at night. I'm just trying to 
settle down. Exactly. Like I could think of like daily review things or something like that that could be nice in theory, but also I don't know. I think I just have like a pretty specific. I usually like play video games for a few hours before bed or something like that, yeah. and then just go to bed. And so like. I'm not usually checking my phone that much. I notice that I try to do an evening routine checklist in things and I almost never ever check it off because I just go to sleep without checking my phone. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So, any other shifts in shortcuts over this past year, you know, have you trended to using, you know, more types of shortcuts than you had in the past or how's your kind of usage changed over the past year? This is definitely interesting. I personally went through a change in just how I used it, not necessarily because of the features or anything like that. I mean, I think this was part of that whole, I'm trying to figure out how to use it on the iPhone and iPad and in the way that essentially had some of the least time cost because adding stuff to the home screen just and when you have hundreds of shortcuts ends up taking so much time. And so I think I ended up trying to rebuild a lot of my shortcuts that I had previously designed to use as like single tasks with Siri into one menu that was just like do everything with music. And that was really awesome to have all of that functionality packed in. And in some ways, like seems impressive because it's just like, whoa, it's like a thousand actions or something like that. But I actually found over time that it, it added cognitive load in a different way that I didn't enjoy. And it also just made it seem like there was less happening and it devalued the individual functions, which I think for, especially because I teach people shortcuts, having that variety of functions to be able to show people, I think is important. Um, but also I just like using them with Siri and being able to run them with one tap and not right. like constantly tapping through menus. And so I went through a whole process of turning every single one of my shortcuts into that and then reversing all of that and going back the other direction. And so that naturally just took a very long time. But I think in the process, too, I discovered some that should be the same shortcut and other things that I just like didn't need and got through a lot. And so I definitely have a much cleaner library now. And I sort of split it up to, I think it's always interesting, <laughs> a thing that's kind of just funny to think about and sounds dumb saying out loud is just that I don't focus enough on the shortcuts that actually help me get my job done versus just things that I can teach people. And so yeah. actually splitting that out made a big difference too. And and even just like some of the content stuff versus other things that I do. So that has been a whole process. But um, in the thick of it all is just like the individual home screens for the context that I work in. So like pretty much I've been doing focus modes for the last couple of years without having a feature for it all of my shortcuts being color coded into those massive categories of like, here is the 80 or a hundred shortcuts that I use for YouTube videos or something like Mm -hmm. that. Now I have a home screen for it with the widget for shortcuts and stacks of widgets for all of those different folders and things like that. So I think it's been, it's been a long journey. I'll say (laughs) I, I I'm excited for sure. In folders. Is that a new addition and is it I think like it was last year? That was last year. Okay. So, I mean, that's what's crazy to think about is the fact that I only had folders for the last 12 months. Like, I'm literally like rubbing my face right now because <laughs> how did I do that before? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man. And like color coding still makes sense when you have a folder you could just throw all of them into or where's 
that kind of go mean, down for you? To a degree, I find the association really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I look at an orange shortcut, I know that it's about my blog or writing or something like that. So that helps me with the scale that I operate at, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> um, <laughs> it also looks super nice, I'll say. And it's really satisfying on the home screen to have like all of the same color in yeah. the stack and everything like that. I can't tell how much of it is that. But it, I think it's the same thing that ultimately I needed some sort of system. And with this many and that many colors, I think it would be kind of ridiculous not to do it. So I, I wouldn't know any other way. I'm curious to see what other people do, I guess, because it, it really does. It makes a difference for me. Like yeah. I have a whole color system through my life and and things like that now because I adopted it through this because of shortcuts pretty much. Um, but it, it helps me. So And we have the set wallpaper action finally back. I'm not sure when that returned to us, but uh, do you uh, combine that with focus modes and color coordinating to the different color codes you have for shortcuts? Ooh, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought of the colors. Um, I do time of day. Yeah. So I have a set from Alex. I don't know how to say his name. Mensch. But it's uh, it's like a series that kind of look like throughout the day. And mm-hmm. so there's kind of darker and things like that. And so in the morning, it gets set to kind of a sunrise background. And then throughout the day, it's just a light version. And then there's a dark version. And then there's a, a dot grid that kind of looks like stars at night. So I use that. Um, yeah. But now I'm just imagining I could even almost just take the, the, the daytime one and shift the hues. I do that with my HomeKit lights. I just set up focus mode shortcuts that activate different lights in my office and also start timery toggle timers that's really cool yeah and we'll yeah, yeah. yeah focus i think will come uh, up throughout this conversation because <laughs> exactly. it's such a big <laughs> such a big addition this year um and something that's kind of impacted the way i think both of us work the apple watch um outside of kind of the automatic watch face changes do you use shortcuts at all there at this point um not really, honestly. I think that's that's probably just something that's like I'm definitely going to like in a month or two, but I've been doing so much that it kind of gets relegated. I think it's also it's it's something that like to the same th- thing at the level that I'm doing it, I need to like have filters in my own Airtable database against my stuff to figure out which ones are actually useful. Like I've got a set on there, but I just don't think to open it or I don't enjoy the experience of the complication telling you once you tap it you have to click run hit run yeah yeah so like even though it's there and i think it's awesome i haven't found a ton of uses for it yet i should probably use more of the the health ones yeah it's the most limited utility i'd say it's the most limited as far as utility there if you can find stuff that works well like uh, the zero fasting app i really like as a shortcut because i sometimes you're like at lunch you don't want to make it obvious you're like oh i'm breaking my fast guys (laughs) yeah but you have a shortcut instead that like just like end fast and more discreetly do that i think but at the same time i use the set watch face ones every single day like or for all those focus modes too and things like that so i have um this is was another fun thing that I figured out last year is that you can have, I think, upwards of 40 Apple Watch faces. And so once again, being someone who goes overboard, I now have for every single of the 15 home screens that I have, I have an Apple Watch face also, plus just like some nice ones. Um, but I think that's why it's like... Yeah, I really know. need to link up my focus modes with the watch faces through shortcuts. I've not yet done that. And I think I could get really into that. <laughs> I think it... 
it worked pretty well. I think for a while in the betas, it was just struggling to handle that many changes as part of it. Like it is, if you're switching a lot, and I was doing to, it actually kind of for the focus most helped me recognize how much context switching I was doing some days. Um, but it definitely can just like it's sending a lot of data back and forth to the Apple Watch, and so yeah. and especially in a, Apple Watch betas are notoriously bad. But um, yes, I did not even uh, play with them until beta seven came out because it's like okay we're almost here this is almost gm time let's do it i think i need to do another session on the apple watch like i've just recently set up a new thing but i just overall i want to explore it more i think it's also kind of a pain that a lot of new actions will just like or new shortcuts will tend to default to showing on the apple watch even though they shouldn't be and so i feel like every time i open the app i see like four shortcuts that are new that shouldn't be in there and stuff like that so Mm, yeah i've got my um my complication set to run an apple watch shortcut thing that just presents me a list of all the ones that i specifically chose out to be the ones that I deem useful on my watch and I just pick from that list, like I'm on my way home kind of thing and, you know, set some timers that I use quite a lot. And yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's actually, I I even, yeah, just like understanding which actions don't work as part of it. And I should probably make a set of shortcuts that are just menus that have run shortcut in it and Mm -hmm. do other things and then set that either in the complications or, just only sync those over the watch. Because I think, I mean, maybe not when the phone isn't there, it wouldn't work, but otherwise it should still be able to run a shortcut even if it's not technically on the watch, which is nice. So um, high-level shortcuts for iPad OS 15 and iOS 15, what are the major kind of additions and changes to the app this year? Sure. I think one of the biggest things is overall the redesign. It's now built, I think, entirely in Swift UI or mostly to go along with that, it's built in Swift UI on the Mac because now Shortcuts is on the Mac. And so that's, I think, overall the biggest platform shift is just the fact that it's going to work across both. Some of the implications of that are it's even kind of like hard to grasp because of just how you use Shortcuts on the iPad versus how you'll end up using them on the Mac. There's also just a lot of function in that process. I think Shortcuts got some specific functionality that was brought over from automator that it's essentially going to be replacing on the Mac over the next couple of years. Yeah. But I think in the process, they prioritized stuff that automator could do and brought that to iOS. And in many ways, things like just full access to the file system. I think that's something that many people have wanted for a long time. I've wanted it since the workflow. It's days. so yeah, amazing, exactly. Matthew. <laughs> it's, you can now create your own backup mechanism. Like You can tell shortcuts, here's my root folder of my local iPad uh, SD drive here. Back that up to this iCloud folder called backup. You know when yeah. I click this widget and it does it. It's like it's or like I've got one set up for like Dorico, which only does local file saving on the iPad itself. Whenever I close Dorico now, it just backs up that whole Dorico local folder to a backup oh, folder nice. in iCloud. So it really Good makes use. yeah, it makes some apps that don't talk to iCloud very well. Just it doesn't matter anymore because you can just back all that stuff up to iCloud. It's it's, it's great. Nice. Uh, dang, I didn't see. Yeah. I think I've been I've been thinking so much about shortcuts for Mac and what that means that 
I haven't really felt those pain points of being especially an iPad only user. That makes a lot of sense that the backup things, especially and the you were saying you use a close app automation. Yeah. Um, so whenever this nice. uh, Dorico uh, is the app that doesn't uh, work with iCloud currently, it's like an, it's version one. So it's all saving stuff locally and stuff. But um, I was worried if I lose my iPad or it doesn't back up properly, um, what happens? And now whenever you close the app, it just runs that backup and it's been flawless every single time it doesn't ask to run it just like does it and it backs everything up to that iCloud folder and now I can access that stuff on a different iPad if I need to or it's just there safe and sound that's awesome I think another major feature also then is uh, the input mechanism that is greatly improved and I don't think I didn't even realize at first but it was almost specifically built for the type of shortcut that I make every single time where I would always check if there was input and if not, have some other way to grab an input and put it in, like get get your clipboard or pick from something. And pretty much every single shortcut I was doing that. And I don't know if they just like notice from how they use it too in the same way, but that's actually built into the share sheet part of the shortcut now. And so if you are like getting something from input, there's a if there's no input, then you can get the clipboard or ask for a prompt uh, like input, ask for input, or you can literally ask for files, photos, all of that stuff. And so I even just today found myself building a shortcut the way I used to. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's actually, I can just plug this into the, the input mechanism. And so that saves some setup there. So that's actually really nice. So at the very top of the shortcut, yeah. do you, what do you enable up there to make that happen? Just like how whenever you... I think if you first choose a shortcut input variable at any point, it'll appear. So even if it's not active on the share sheet or anything like that, but it, when you go into the shortcut details, which is also now redesigned and segmented, there's like segmented controls for the app picker and then the shortcut details. Um, and then it's like where you say short show and share sheet or show on Apple watch. Yeah. Um, toggling those on will also make that, sort of menu appear and it's where you would before say like only show files and URLs mm -hmm. and the types of inputs um it's all that menu is all built into there now oh nice but there's also um a new receive what's on screen thing which um i think you have in the doc to ask about but it's it's basically a way now when you are using Siri and you're looking at a web page it can grab the URL from that web page and I haven't seen this in third-party apps yet, but I can't tell if it's because they're not updated for iOS 15 yet, but I would yeah. love this if this would let you get deep links into the views that you're looking at because that would be so right. amazing. like Apple Mail can do, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, that's a good test. I It didn't work in Notes either, so it's kind of like hit or miss right now, um, but that's an interesting new way to get input into your shortcut, which is cool. Very cool, yeah. Something I wish that... Uh, they'd steal from automator is uh watch me do this thing on my ipad you know record mm. my mouse uh if you're on the mac whatever and just do this and speed it up you know 10 times or whatever <laughs> so something yeah. you, that's something you can do an automator on the mac and i just had fun doing that yeah that's a good point maybe next year <laughs> yeah and it'd be, That'd be awesome yeah and it'd make i think it'd be easier on ipad almost to capture what you're doing because it's um confined to like 12.9 inch space with these like one third two third windows i think it'd be easier to do than dealing with all the macisms to to do what they do there yeah i mean the windows are a new thing that shortcuts can control too so that's awesome 
along with all the, I mean, the globe key being the new keyboard shortcut mechanism, the universal keyboard shortcut mechanism, um, instead of just the individual app ones with yeah. command. Shortcuts has a, a open split screen, I think it's called, or side by side, um, where you can open apps in half and half view or like one third and two thirds view and things like that. So that's pretty awesome. Like app pairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's saying. been super cool. My my podcasting um, one, I've got one that opens um, Skype and Draft side by side. And that's what I use to fill my questions up um, when nice. conducting interviews. And before it does that, it'll pop me in the FaceTime preferences so I can toggle that off to make sure I don't get FaceTime calls while I'm uh, podcasting. And then it waits five seconds and then jumps me into the Skype drafts. Uh, nice. instance. That's genius. Um, I lo- those are, those are going to be awesome. I'm trying to figure out how useful that is on the Mac because I don't know anybody that actually uses split screen on the Mac. On the um, Mac, they have windowing, right? Where you can like yeah. first you can, quarter or second quarter. I don't know how that all works. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. I should try to use those more than I'm trying to do like very specific dimensions, but I even it depends on your monitor size. And yeah. everything. So then I'm like, oh, I could make a whole algorithm where it's like to what's the monitor size? Okay, calculate <laughs> 25% of that. And then on the right third, it's like, I can do that. Should I? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, also when I'm bored, but probably not <laughs> first before other stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember but. when uh, I think it was Lion Hit and I have my had my 11-inch uh, MacBook Air and uh, I tried the full screen and split screen stuff and it's like, oh, this is all right, but I never really yeah. used it, even on that tiny little 11-inch laptop. I use I use like music. I keep those kind of apps in a full screen window kind of behind everything, but otherwise, yeah, I'm yeah. not big on it. But on the iPad, it's really nice. And um, the other addition is the open app action has a parameter for slide over. So you can actually pull an app forward just immediately in slide over. So the uh, first thing I did was one password because I always use it in slide over and then you can just pull it up right away and not like go find it, put it in and then like drop it into slide over and then grab your password out. It's just ready. And you could put that as like an app icon in your dock even, right? Yeah. So you'd have on in your, er, can you? The weird thing with that one, I have to test again, but in earlier betas, if you ran it from the home screen or a widget, there's no a slide over only works when there's an app in front of it. And so it would just fail. And I was like, that's uh, stupid. It should still just open the app. Like, yeah, it shouldn't just fail. So, um, But if you slide up against yeah. the dock while you're inside of an app. So it kind of only makes sense for Siri or I guess I guess it could work. And it does work in the dock if you're in an app. Like, you, I guess that's true. Yeah, because okay. I do that a lot. I'll slide up the dock. And that could be something kind of interesting. Have a, a section of your dock uh, being here in my slide over. I wonder if you could, huh? Okay, first of all, I just now thought of testing. If you use a shortcut from the dock and you get on-screen content, does that get what's in the app? Um, and then if you could somehow, I guess then you could also detect if there was on-screen content. I didn't. I never thought about does detecting on-screen content just tell you if there's an app? I don't think so. Um, yeah, but. There could be like that level of, I think at some point it would be nice to be able to know what the iPad window is looking at. But Mm. it's in many ways a concept that doesn't actually make sense on iOS and uh, iPadOS, I guess. And then it's funny, like on the 
on the Mac, I was talking to somebody and he's like, I want a new window action on the Mac. And that just doesn't even make sense on the iPad in many ways. Or like you could create a second instance, which yeah. which would be nice. But I thought I thought that was a funny example of just the shortcuts team even tweeted about how they had to think about what it means to be a Mac app instead right. of an iPad app because there's just different wholly demands. different paradigms yeah. yeah exactly yeah and for that doc uh, slide over shortcut i kind of want to like get the one password icon and have a little s like embedded into like a custom icon for i don't know some way to denote it as uh, like, yeah. here's my slide over icons <laughs> i just imagine like the the old hd thing that ipad apps used to do <laughs> right we should bring that back uh with i mean you could probably use one pass or, or uh sorry launch center pros um icon builder or something like that oh, yeah. to add that overlay yeah um, so uh, we were talking about the kind of redesign of the app itself and something i found mm-hmm. pretty useful is the auto suggestions of what actions make sense to go after this one totally has that, has um, that been something useful for you as you're kind of building stuff out yeah i think it's nice i can build a shortcut in my head right um, so <laughs> like <laughs> i could i like usually know but it's nice when it's the one that i want next um I think especially for people who just don't know shortcuts at all, that's probably going to be one of the biggest ways to get from, I don't know, instead of 0 to 100, just like 0 to 10 even, because you just drop a thing in and you don't know what should happen next. And I think also experimenting with scripting is probably something that nobody ever does. And so it'll tell you to choose from a list and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um so I think it's a, a huge win just because there's nothing else that guides you on how to build shortcuts from just the very basic action by action level. And so that's like the first thing. Yeah. I mean, the best we've had up until now is looking at other people's creations and kind of analyzing what they've done. Exactly. So for in terms of onboarding, I think it's a major, major win. But I'm curious. I think it, I wish somehow it was like smarter and recognized what I was doing in that shortcut repeatedly. Like mm. I've, I've been doing a lot of like, I was just building a shortcut where I was doing a lot of text boxes and then a variable and then text and variable. And yeah. if it just like recognized that pattern, that would be nice. Yeah. And there's still no way to like set up a group of like, here's these three actions that I want to save as like things I want to drag back in over and over again. There's mm. no way to do that hmm. quite yet. That'd be nice. I just imagine even in many ways, the next accident suggestion is almost like what I have built on the action directory on my website of like related action, actions that go well with this. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It does make sense that I would have done that if I had stayed at Apple too. So that's pretty funny. I never realized that. <laughs> Now there's split screen for shortcuts now. Is there does it make sense UI wise to like be dragging actions from one window to the other, or is it better just to work in one bigger window? Um, I mean, I totally put up two shortcuts side by side and compare what I'm working on. I find it really useful for especially um, just like the API stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. I'll like have a I'll duplicate the original shortcut. And then move on and like add more features and things like that as sort of a temporary backup thing. And just being able to see them next to each other is really nice. Um, I don't think you can actually drag and drop across the boundary. You can oh, copy okay. and paste gotcha. and then from one window to the other. Maybe I've never even tried. Um, I haven't tried. <laughs> I just assumed you could. Yeah. Oh, wait. Should I just try it right now? <laughs> Why not? Um, okay, hold on. Oh my God, you can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, that's cool. Um, I think I've been disheartened with drag and drop because I always, 
there used to be a more clear way to drag content into the top of a shortcut. And every time I try it, I feel like I always mess it up. But um, that's cool. I guess I should try that more. I, I actually, I was just t- talking about with this with somebody in the shortcuts user group that I run that like copy and paste, while it's nice, it doesn't copy the ver- magic variables or anything like that if I drag the same kind of actions over. And so I personally find that sometimes it's just like easier to add the same action and just type it in instead of like, I wish if you copied a menu, I copied every single action in the menu also and stuff like that. So I think they could improve it and make it better. But I, I personally haven't found like, I definitely, I've re- I use it because when I went back to my other iPad, I was like, oh man, I really wish I copy and paste, but I think it could be a lot better too. Yeah. Yeah. A drag and drop in general and copy, copy and paste and shortcuts. Like it's cool. It's there, but uh, needs a lot of refinement. Like I kind of wish mm-hmm. there was like a select button where I could like go through and mass select different things to like yeah, easily copy true. and make it more simple in that way. Um, the big thing this year is that you can collapse menu items and ifs and everything like that. So that actually is a huge win um, because if you just get really long shortcuts, it's just like impossible to scroll through and understand what's happening. And so I like keep forgetting about it. And I just realized the other day that I ha- I've been trying to like process some old shortcuts that I have made duplicates of and never actually looked back at and I should collapse a lot of those menus because that does help. It's like those are just doing one specific thing, but it takes a lot of space and that really condenses it. So, and also for screenshots, actually, I should try that more too. Has the app always grouped like third party apps with the first party apps? Like I noticed uh, as I was getting the notes ready, oh, that, yeah. like Fantastic Hal is grouped together with the first party calendar app. Is that new or has that always been there? there? There's a new all actions category and that does show all of them. I don't know why though. You're right. That's almost like a bug because there's a, there's the action editor is now split into the categories and apps in another tab bar also, also instead of underneath, but all actions in theory, because it's under the categories menu, shouldn't show the apps and, unless you go over to the all apps menu, which does show them. Well, no. Hmm, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's that's I don't know. That's kind of I could almost see that being like a philosophical thing where it'd be confusing to click on all actions and not see all the actions. So it's kind of it's kind of odd. But yeah, it's just interesting. I like that the group like fantastic all in with that but it's interesting that they are with like the first party stuff it's like oh the calendar yeah and like documents oh, as, like bear you know what? note and those are what you're probably seeing is are those the new fantastic ones or the old ones because there are workflow actions that still show up if you either used them at one point or were a workflow user those are all um the url scheme actions and so they're technically default app actions and they're not they appear whether you have those or not because i'm also seeing in the documents area bear dropbox evernote i'm not sure if all yeah, those were those are always those have always been those have been since the workflow days they have so okay. those yeah exactly like, yeah, i wasn't sure, how sure old. i guess bear is older than i uh <laughs> give it credit for yeah no that's been it's been around for a long time yeah okay um the gallery for shortcuts i think it looks different uh, how's that change for discovering new stuff within the app itself 
Yeah, I mean they're doing they're doing bits. They've added new categories for new actions and things like that, and the new features, and then also like the automation suggestions and things like that. So that's pretty nice. I will say it's like again, this was like my job, <laughs> right? I always say that, but like I have my own gallery, I guess, with more probably just as many shortcuts at this point. Um, I want to just like give it to them. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice if they, like, within uh, Swift Playgrounds, I think you can add, like, different um, sources or something. It'd be nice if in the Shortcuts Gallery you could add different sources for that. Hmm. <laughs> I can uh, see the problem is every time I suggest that kind of feature, it's like, that's a pretty self-centered suggestion. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but no i mean it's definitely it's it's a challenge like it is pretty much what i do full time and like coming up with creative ways that people can use it and without being like i don't know like too particular or um favoring i I don't know like they pretty much would need like a whole app store team almost to be able to do do it the way that you you might want or something like that so yeah so um we got a new shortcuts app. It's not on the Apple TV, so uh, that's the last uh, platform I think Apple doesn't have an app for. You can um, control it though. I always think about that. I always forget. <laughs> I actually use those a lot too, so it's it works for every platform. How do you control shortcuts from Apple TV, Siri? You can control the TV with shortcuts, and then you can use shortcuts on the HomePod to to control the TV. So oh, it's a whole... I see. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you can I mean, program it's the Apple your Apple TV, TV remote action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can like turn it... I mean, it still doesn't have every step, but you can like play, pause, and turn it on, turn on... I think screen... Say, we, did we get it? I can't even remember. I'd have to look at my own writing about it. But last year, we definitely got um, like the set screensaver and stuff like that. So there was some additions. It'd be cool if you could choose which aerial screensaver city you pick and could mm, use that via Like from the menu? Yeah. Yeah, they should yeah. improve that. That's a, That'd be a nice addition. But I could see if you're someone who has a TV in a bedroom and um, <laughs> goes to sleep to TV, have like that turn off uh, your TV with the bedtime shortcut or something. Um, yeah, you could totally do that. And it's a home item also, so it can be automated I guess just, oh no, that's kind of, it's usually about the audio thing. They should improve that too, though. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more opportunity that they could tap into. But I think also, I mean, just in general, Apple also went through the pandemic and didn't get as much done, I think, as they probably wanted. But I think also like some of this stuff needs to build on itself year over year. And so they could, they could totally still make additions like that. And I think even more and more, as much as like it can kind of be frustrating, it's like, I've probably said three things on this podcast that we should submit as feedback because they've just like hadn't necessarily written that on their to-do list yet or something like that. (laughs) And they're like good ideas. And so if you are deep in this world or listening to a podcast like iPad pros, you probably should submit feedback because you have really good ideas and not everybody at Apple is like, like it's like that exact, it is that concept of if it's not on their to-do list yet, they just like probably would do it. They just hadn't put it in there and, they do work through that system. So totally. I'm convincing myself to put file more right now. <laughs> so uh, kind of side tangent about Apple TV. I sometimes move my home pods from my bedroom to the TV when I want to watch a movie occasionally. there, And uh, it always delights me when um, you just tap the home pod to play or pause your movie as you're walking out to the kitchen to grab something real quick and tap nice. it again. It's just feels much better than the remote with uh, just like walking out and tapping the home pod. <laughs> yeah. 
That's good. Yeah, I have a couple. I had like some shortcuts that I tried. I I honestly don't use them that much, but it was I just wanted to say like Siri bathroom time and then it would pause the TV and then yeah. it's like, hey, I'm back. Or But like sometimes getting that perfect phrase is always hard and then you got to like train yourself to use it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Mac, we talked a little bit about this already. Um, the two big kind of categories, the iPad games is window management and file management. I think we covered... Pr- do we cover everything yeah, you'd like to on these, or I mean, the Windows stuff is like pretty pretty nice. You can set windows to any specific dimensions and things like that, and do a whole like detect the levels of which window is in front and everything like that. So there's a there's a lot you can do with it. I think if you are getting creative, um, so that'll be interesting. I think. I mean, even just backing up a little bit, I think it's just going to be like these are part of. It's like. I've had to spend time this summer of just like, how do people use the Mac? Like what is actually useful in terms of like, I think these in many ways, like you were saying with what you do for your iPad of like set up my Mac to do the work versus some, sometimes shortcuts can be like, do the work for me and things like that. Um, So that's been kind of an interesting exploration but and with files too it's like there's so much you do with files otherwise you're like in the file working on it but yeah. otherwise it's just file management and things like that so it's always it's very meta stuff sometimes <laughs> with the window thing i really wish they would add another option to the variables for ratio so you got half plus half and you have one third plus two third i want an option that has two third plus one third so i can pick which side of the yeah. screen same on the yeah. ipad actually i think that's kind of a weird i think even technically i'll have to double check but it would it does the opposite of what it shows you in the like, it does yeah i noticed that okay like, yeah. i've got an editorial <laughs> one in safari for when i publish my podcast and uh it pops it out i want i actually do most of the time prefer to have the smaller app first as it says but Puts it there. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can even right now have a small window on the left and a big window on the right. I think it only does. Yeah. It kind of seems like a bug and not. I think there's a lot that that's probably another thing that we should submit a feedback of. Like there is so in general shortcuts just being fully rebuilt from the ground up. I think like some of this stuff is just like part of the process. Right. Um, but those kind of things are yeah that's definitely really nice like just being able to choose exactly how you want it um and a lot of this stuff too is what people could do with automator but now shortcuts being able to do it means that people who never could understand automator like me can now do it in shortcuts which is really awesome yeah and we were talking a little bit before the show about file um file servers and uh i mentioned hard drives uh so it sounds like yeah if you connect to a server in the files app on the ipad you can now have that as one of the destinations, same as external hard drives. Um, I think what would be really cool is if they added uh, connecting to a server or connecting a hard drive up to your iPad as a trigger to initiate some kind of like yeah. backup mechanism. That would just be as a focus. Cases. Yeah. Um, but it is shortcuts for Mac. Dot, yeah. The, it's a Mac only action that's connect to server. So you can automate that from the Mac at least, which is nice. That'd be cool if they brought that to iPad one of these days. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there are, I mean, that might, <laughs> I, I keep saying this because it, it was like a thing that ran, went around on Twitter of a bunch of like 
people in the journal, Apple journalist space being like, this is pretty buggy. And then it's like some Apple people being like, please submit feedback. And now we're like, all right, we're going to submit a bunch of feedback straight <laughs> to you. Um, but like that might just be something that should get added and is like on the to-do list. I'm curious to the, the part the question about the Mac is Monterey probably won't come out until sometime in October. So they do actually have more time. Yeah, they normally launch it later for sure. Um, yeah, but also it's like, I don't just want to bank on that. Um, <laughs> right. One of the new things you can do also is disk images, which I don't personally do a lot of, but you can um, like mount a disk image and or you can make one, mount one, and uh, eject the disk. I don't know. I don't think I've actually tried eject, or I don't have a Mac that has literal disks. So like I wasn't sure if that actually worked. <laughs> yeah. But I assume it's talking about like unmounting. Yeah, um, I'd assume so. Yeah, right. Here, actually, let me try it with. But my... you don't have like a super drive hooked up to like see yeah, if you could automate that. Let me try my. No, yeah, I think it is just um, disk images. So like I have my my hard drives aren't ejecting. Yeah. Or I can't click open when those are selected. So yeah, it's kind of it is always just like odd because I've I have spent so many years deep in iPad that now I'm like, oh yeah, disk images. That's something that you have to yeah. deal with on the Mac a lot <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, and then can be figuring fun. out exactly why in what ways people automate it um is always interesting, but I'm also like if anybody listening to this also it is iPad Pros, but if you are doing cross-platform stuff that uses either one or both of these actions, like hit me up and tell, let me know the specific thing and I'll try to figure out some of it out because this is like, I think I was saying to some, uh, maybe Chris Lolly at one point, but I was like, it's weird not to be an, like an expert at this platform because I'm so used to doing, I've been in this for like seven years now or something like that, that I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to learn all this again. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the Mac disc images, they can do some like wild things of like coloring up the window and making it all graphical when you mount it. And I kind of would love a kind of version of disc images for iPad to, I don't know, kind of like a nice little storage. I don't know. You have zipping with files. It's a bit different. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then some of the, I mean, you can do, you can run shell scripts. They added a JavaScript for Mac automation action. So you can, I don't even really know some of this. Stuff. Like I was like, I didn't know that was the thing before, but the good one is also run Apple script, which is pretty cool. So you can, they're bringing over everything that Mac users are doing. Although I'm pretty sure still right now, it's, you can't fully replicate every single automator um, workflow. I, that, yeah. I didn't. Okay. One of the funny things is that I didn't know until I worked at Workflow that automator, the like the units in automator were call, is called a workflow. And I was like, wow. So you literally did just make automator for iPad. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like. Kind of, but also way better. Yeah, I think Automator, you could make a little Automator app that they called it, and they also had Workflow, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, wow, okay, sweet. Um, yeah. It's full circle. But um, all of that stuff is cool. And then I think a, a very meta thing about shortcuts is that shortcuts for Mac is scriptable through AppleScript and from the command line and things like that. So people who do do all that on traditional Macs can also run shortcuts or I, I mean you can there's a whole signing thing we can get to the sharing part in a bit um but what's cool is i can use a stream deck and trigger a apple script that just runs a shortcut and so you can run shortcuts from anywhere else on the mac using other all this classic mac scripting too so kind of 
you're getting the best of both worlds now, which is awesome. And there's also like menu bar icons you can assign to a yeah. shortcut, right? Um, yeah, so you can add it to the menu bar. You can um, run them from Spotlight. You can add it to the dock, which is something that they don't really emphasize. The shortcuts icon, you can right-click and then run a shortcut, and you can see every single one of your folders from there, which is really awesome, even all hundreds and hundreds of mine. And there's like an open recent folder which or a menu, which is awesome. That's like something that shortcuts doesn't have. And then even one that I discovered um, in the preferences menu in the sidebar, you can also activate categories for recently modified and recently run, which only work on the Mac. And I really want that on iPad because that's awesome. It says recently modified all of all of my shortcuts, but <laughs> <laughs> it like groups them into general categories. But then it's just like the last couple of months has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, yeah, on iPad, if you long press on the shortcut app icon it has some like shortcut files there but there's no clear order and they're not my recent they're not my recent ones at all um and that's the file yeah why would you oh is that the shortcuts folder i don't think i i I, like forgot about that because because of what i just said is why (laughs) it's just why is it showing me? Yeah, I tapped one of them. Shortcut, shortcut cannot be opened. Importing unsigned shortcuts files is not supported. <laughs> Please okay, use another so sharing that's actually option. Something I forgot about. Or I guess we're going to talk about sharing in a second. We will. You yeah. can add shortcut files now. Um, but before I leave the Mac, um, you can also, there the category is called quick action, but you can add them to Finder or the services menu, which is the right click. And then down at the bottom, you can run stuff, which is, which is honestly like as someone who's been in the iPad for a long time also something I like forgot was a thing that yeah. services that's like a very Mac thing and even non casual user Mac thing I'd say so that's really nice but for ex- the weird thing is there's no share sheet even though the Mac has the share sheet sometimes mm-hmm. there's no share sheet option for the Mac shortcuts and so oh. I just don't that's pretty weird um cuz probably you share can't sheet actually, is less of a mac thing and it's just like yeah tacked in there exactly almost. yeah but it's it's safari you can't so you can the automator action for get current url from safari is there but all of the other safari actions don't really work and so it's kind of in a weird i almost felt felt like it should be a beta instead of a full release just to like or they should just communicate and set expectations that like it not everything is going to work I don't know. I think there's still time and I want to submit some feedback on the specific things, but I think it's, it might be a little rough at the beginning. Um, but also I can make API requests on the Mac now in ways that I couldn't do. I just don't know how to use the terminal and things like that. And so just being able to do all of this on the Mac or use Mac apps are being able to get third party or get shortcut support and things like that and even cross-platform actions will work and stuff like that um yeah i forgot too before i even forget again on the same thought um keyboard shortcuts for shortcuts if it's in the services menu then you can add a keyboard shortcut to it and so i have 900 shortcuts how am i going to figure out keyboard shortcuts <laughs> see that's the problem is like i need to get the like 10 even what I was saying, just a shortcut to run other shortcuts or... How big know. do they make um, Stream Decks? They have a 900... <laughs> uh... Shortcut... Uh, stream Decks have infinitely nesting folders, oh, well, there let you me go. tell you. And so, <laughs> don't you worry. I have all of them on there. Or I, I 
I've just recently added like 400 more shortcuts and so I'm going to have to put those on, but I'm going to be doing that. I'm actually going to give that away to people too because, or to, to my membership stuff because it is like, it's just the same Apple script ran over and over again with the icon. I have a whole shortcut for grabbing the icons now too, um, but it is it is really nice. Like that's going to be an awesome, just the ways that you can go beyond the basics is going to be amazing. And I think like kind of what I was saying before, this is what, two months into three months in now i'd say even only two and a half months into what shortcuts for mac can be and i've been using workflow and shortcuts for seven years and so what this actually will be in the future is going to be totally different than just this first initial version but yeah no it's really exciting just because it'll bring people to the platform the i don't even i guess shortcuts itself as a platform but just right that whole ecosystem is going to be great. Yeah, I remember back um, when my older jobs that like there are certain shortcuts like it's like more productive on my iPad here doing the social media stuff that I can call up APIs to integrate with HubSpot and it was just I couldn't do that on the Mac. It was slower to, That's awesome. to do my job. So now um, it'd be faster there or it'd be on parity here. <laughs> Uh, with the iPad finally. So that's that's really cool. So all the shortcuts sync between all the different platforms. And uh, this happens even if you can't run certain shortcuts on that platform. So mm-hmm. um, I was thinking, do you think one day if you do have like a Mac shortcut on your iPad and it knows you're like right next to that Mac, um, like triggering Ooh. shortcuts from your iPad to the Mac? Oh, would be man. Cool. Oh, my God. I just burst into a grin universal control that feature if that could re- oh that would be so cool right um so the way that i'm approaching this now is which i almost feel like should be built into it again like the share sheet in the future is every one of my shortcuts has get device details if the device is ipad or it's actually usually mac then do this yeah. otherwise do the ipad or iphone and then I can also, because because you can sp- sometimes it's worth specifying iPhone or iPad like those um, slide over ones. But uh, even the other way too is for Mac only shortcuts is you can have that whole if it's not on the Mac, then run a shell script to trigger the Mac to run this shortcut. <laughs> yeah. And so I could be sitting here and say out loud to Siri on my HomePod, run the shortcut, and then my phone tells my Mac to run the shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. So like, I'm totally doing that. Um, But it would, I do think that like, I can tell it's just going to kind of get old to have to do that constantly. Or you have to kind of keep in your head that these are Mac only ones and these ones are my iPad ones, which you could do with folders probably pretty easily. But I I like am going overboard where I want to have every single shortcut work on both platforms, which would be awesome. And I think it's, in theory, I've mainly gravitated over the years to apps that either tend to support shortcuts or tend to be cross-platform. And so, mm-hmm. in theory, they're going to be adding this kind of stuff. And, oh, man, I'm just like, I think that's one thing that is always kind of a bummer is I can't test it all until I get that third-party stuff. And so mm-hmm. I'm so excited to get it all because I am just like going to just be floating through platform to platform, whichever I feel like using at the time. And yeah. that's kind of been part of my summer experiment is just like which platform makes sense to do what on or even... When I want to edit a shortcut, my instinct is to turn to grab to my my iPad, but I'm like, oh yeah, I can just open it here and and work on it. And but actually, I still like it. And drag and drop is is definitely better um, with your hands and things like that. So yeah, and you can just flip the iPad vertical too for a nice tall screen. Yeah, exactly. But it's like it's honestly it's fantastic to be able to 
to use it on all platforms still. It's like I can still work on it on my Mac and I don't have to grab my iPad necessarily or I can when I don't want to sit on my Mac, I don't have to. I mean, I bought a MacBook Air to have a second Mac to be able yeah. to do some Mac specific stuff and because I have a Mac mini. And so like now I don't I can just do it all on on the iPad and Mac, which is cool. So we already discovered in this episode that you can drag um, actions from one window to another on an iPad. I wonder when Universal Control comes out to drag oh, an action from iPad to the Mac <laughs> shortcuts app. I like the way you're thinking. I feel like that's pretty ambitious, but also shortcuts for Mac is technically built the same way. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of like half of it is and half of it isn't. Right. But that was part of I think that's part of why it is so buggy is I think shortcuts was like the first Mac app from Apple to be fully built in Swift UI because it didn't exist before. And so it was like full, freshly built on this or I don't know if it was Swift UI or Swift. I yeah. might be misspeaking probably. Um, but even still. So. I think there's just some of that that's like Swift is a brand or not a brand new. It seems brand new, even though it is like five years old now. Um, but it's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> On the Mac, is there a way to automate closing windows of apps? Because I personally would love a way to just say nuke all my slide over apps to just clear that out so on the mac i'm wondering if you can do that and then if that's possible okay. then i'm wondering maybe in the future they can add that ability for ipad you can you can hide apps and you can quit apps i guess you can't minimize windows um i didn't think about that that would yeah. be but like i don't usually minimize it i do actually tend to just hide the app um, right but that would be nice with slide over too yeah just having control there I think even just with iPad, it's it's like now that it has it works on the Mac, we should have it on the iPad. But for people who are iPad only, it's a very it's like conceptually weird to have a like hide window action. Yeah, that's just like go to the home screen or like quit app. Yeah, exactly. Like there's um, return to home screen is something that they added, which is. I think that was really big for people who um, use the add to home screen action because if you ran a shortcut and open something you were just kind of like in an app all of a sudden versus you want to stay on the home screen but actually that was something that i even realized this is it's one of those things where people have wanted this for so long that i actually like forgot why you would want it <laughs> and yeah. i just personally didn't have that use case um but i did realize if you if an app has what are essentially old actions if they have the donated actions that require opening an app using the return to home screen action can basically just like nullify that like negative experience of being taken into the app it can take you into the app do the thing and then close it again real quick which is what workflow in many ways used to do um so it can like a good example actually is craft requires opening the app with every single action to add stuff and so you could open it add the stuff and then close it and go back or you could use the dismiss siri and continue as a new thing too to um, stop that but it's still kind of weird i feel like this is one of those things that reddit has wanted for a long time because of the way that people use it there yeah and, but i need to like refresh it again i was it's like sweet oh wait how what is this good for like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was wondering I, it's like that's one of the new actions like why would i want to go to the home screen but but yeah I guess yeah they're, they're... i think i think that's why even like it's I think it all is tied to the Siri experience or there's I think like solving a specific problem for those um, home screen widget things was because every time before it would open shortcuts too. And so like that might have been but they kind of fixed that problem and then 
addressed the original problem in a different way. So yeah, it's kind of weird. This is a, I wish I could have met with the team at WWDC because I usually when they're just around, I can just be like, what do you think? And they're like, oh, this is why. And it's like, oh, okay, nice. <laughs> it's been like two years. Yeah. Another Mac action that we got that Jason Snell is uh, really appreciating is the ability to uh, speak spoken, uh, speak text into spoken text or what would you call it? Yeah. Make text into spoken audio. Yeah. Because yeah it's kind of this is always it's amazing how hard it is to describe something like this even (laughs) though you know exactly what it is text box make this a spoken thing with what we're listening to is spoken audio it's like make a podcast or make it's a make an audio recording it's a make an audio recording it's a make an audio recording what you can do is type it, you can use any text or use a prompt or anything like that, and then it will have somebody like Siri speak it into a recorded audio file. So you can like make what I'm. Th- I almost want to like make my newsletter into a podcast from Siri that you can just listen to. But and like you could even have different voices go back and forth, so you could be like interviewing oh. somebody and have two different <laughs> oh uh, virtual voices. You are you're giving me so many ideas. I'm gonna have to re-listen to this and write all these down because this. Is, <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I mean, I think a long, it solves the problem that people have long wanted with dictate text and um, speak text is like you can do all of those things, but the recording of, and you can record audio, but you can't turn that all into one thing. Like it, it was like that missing component of yeah. if you dictated the text, like what you were saying was missing, or I guess they were still missing a transcription. That would be amazing. Um, but that is like the whole audio paradigm them at that point <laughs> yeah because they do transcription in that app they have right the translation app um in translate does it i think if you speak it'll yeah it'll, i mean they have like live transcribing in in even in the clips app it's probably i mean in general transcription is like if you don't get it right it's wrong and yeah. so that sounds like a thing that apple wouldn't do until they got it really really right um, well you'd want like a transcription action and then grammarly to fix it <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i was gonna say is there's a whole these are whole industries around transcription and so like they could maybe do it with it or like there should be a third-party app that just does it which i'm sure there is oh, i bet sure, toolbox for sure. yeah. also probably does mm-hmm. it because he has actions for everything um but yeah that's a really great one and um, for sure now something I think I saw somewhere is that the Mac has this action for importing audio files into the music app. Is this, this is true? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. This is an automator one. This is like a classic automator action too. And so it, it, this might as well say iTunes on it because it, it does work on the Mac and it does not work on iOS. Yeah. This is like like the dream action. This is the (laughs) dream action. That's like the dream platform thing. And uh, upload the iTunes match after you do it. Like this is what I want. I'm going to, I want to like make a list of all of those that we should get on on iOS from the Mac. I mean, that's probably, that's definitely the main one. Uh, They still, it's, it's almost like a philosophical thing. Yeah. This is the one reason I still have an active Mac to to import audio files and upload them (laughs) to iTunes Match. It's the only thing. (laughs) Well, you should use my shortcut or you should use my method of run the script over SSH to import it onto your Mac from your iPad. At least you can, like, which is pretty sweet too. I mean, I guess you technically could have done that before with Automator, but yeah, I've been just VNCing into the, the Mac mostly. Um, 
but yeah, I really want this at some point. To yes, the yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's the big one for sure. Because it's like that's like uh, that's a no, like decades of just like why would you let us do this? That's a finally article right there. Yeah, the, the question is like, do you think we're gonna have to wait until there's a a UI within the music app for Apple to even consider adding this action? Like, could would Apple? Would Apple add an action that this is the only way you can do it? I think they should. There's some of that. They have... I'm trying to remember... And this is one of those things, too, that's like, I should have re-examined this at some point, but is that still true where there's functionality that Shortcuts provides that Apple otherwise doesn't? Kind of like the Spotify, Siri issue, but... um, And that's like a way to give it to power users without actually giving it to everybody. Um, Right. But... I don't know. I, that's almost like a conspiracy theory. Not to say it like <laughs> that, but I could. See, they totally should. They and should. Yeah. Like it's, let's, it's uh, a huge request. This too. Yeah, it's a huge thing to make a computer a computer. <laughs> Be able to add music to your music app. So, uh, any other Mac specific actions that you'd like to see on iPad? Um, I mean, the big one is the get current URL from Safari because that is. I mean, we're, I think you have that on the list, too, of tab groups and things like mm-hmm. that came to Safari, and we can't do anything with it, not even on the Mac, too. It's just that was an action from Automator, but it only gets the current one, not the whole tabs or any tab group stuff. And so that would be really nice and just overall something you should add. Yeah, imagine like a focus mode and triggering opening up uh, bookmark or uh, tab groups associated with a, a focus. That would be interesting. Yeah, exactly. In general, that's another list that I want to make of all of the actions that Apple should to their default apps that they still haven't for some reason, and it's been three years now. So yeah. <laughs> this is these would be my gripes if I still weren't there. I'd be like, come on. <laughs> now, uh, something pretty cool is this way of triggering shortcuts via these sound triggers. So, like, if a baby's oh, yeah. crying. You can only have your like AirPods change to transparency mode and like pause your music so you can pay attention to your kid, uh, which you should be all the time. But uh, it seems like a really <laughs> awesome way to automate making sure thing uh, life is being taken care of. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably even like one of the better examples that you just said of like something specific to happen in the moment when uh sound recognition gets triggered so for anybody who just like didn't know that was a new feature last year too i feel like all of ios 14's features should get a repeat day in the light because <laughs> this, just everybody this, like it just blew past with you. the yeah, uh, like, sound recognition thing i'm pretty sure um okay. at least shortcuts got the actions for it so yeah um but it's like in general it's the ability to listen for like a cat or dog or fire alarm, siren, things like that. And another one I came up with phone. the other day was uh, appliances. So if you're like, uh, yeah, if your washing machine's in the basement, you're upstairs on the top floor. You can like set an iPhone down there or something, and it can recognize your sound. I think an interesting. Um, it's both an accessibility feature, but I almost feel like it's an AirPods Pro and Max feature because I don't hear anything that happens in my house, and so <laughs> like even just like on a daily basis. I actually, so I had the water running one, mm-hmm. and um, I will say, especially because it triggers from your watch, it went off every time I went to the restroom, <laughs> and so I turned off the feature, and so I think I I just recently turned it back on, and like her, it said a cat was like making a noise, and then I heard like a kid outside that was kind of, it kind of sounded like meowing, and so 
I think that one feature going off and then it's like, especially because you go to the bathroom and then you wash your hands and so it goes off again and then it's trying to track your like hand washing and I'm like, all right, this is like technology overboard right now. <laughs> um, but I think overall it's still a nice feature. Like I have the door knock on, but I think glass breaking also was um, too excessive for me. Um, but yeah. And it's grabbing the audio from your AirPods at that point, or is it your watch? Like, what's it actually um, getting it from? I think. Well, that's a good point. I don't. I didn't think about the AirPods part. Um, I mean, in general, I assumed it was from the phone. Right. So yeah, you, it says your iPhone will continuously listen. Um, okay. I should check on the watch. Um, but at least with the shortcut automation for it, I didn't want, especially because I was getting those errand triggers. It's like if you had something that was like text my like whole family every time there's water running because I'm worried <laughs> about like the the basement and then it just went off constantly. I thought I thought that would be really frustrating. But your AirPods example was a great one of if the door knocks turn or like any one of those pretty much yeah. turn off my AirPods uh, noise cancellation. And then another one would be just lights. Or a good example is the Signals app with, I think it's Matt Corey who develops it, but it um, it's a HomeKit app that just flashes your lights for you because hmm. otherwise you can't really do that in HomeKit. And like you've always kind of been able to in Hue, but it's just basically like if you're sitting there at your desk and somebody knocks on the door and you have your headphones on, your like desk lights could flash and you're yeah. like, oh, like something's here. So, it, I mean, it's still, not, it does notify you already, but right. like that's why it's kind of like, either something really simple or it's like text my family because something is going wrong. But. There's not a trigger for if someone's just trying to talk to you, right? <laughs> no. There should uh, be. That would be great. Because sometimes <laughs> like I don't hear people talking. Shouting maybe. Um, there is one for shouting. Oh, there so, is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I like went through a whole, I mean, I made shortcuts for these when it first came out and it, and it totally was like uh, listen for deliveries was my, title for the shortcut because it's knocking doorbell and then shouting <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they're hey <laughs> well yeah and then um ipad and the mac also has low power modes so that's also a new like personal automation trigger for ipad which is yeah. pretty cool that's one that i've never actually personally i i did a whole stream about the battery and and ones like that and i never really found because low power mode can be triggered either automatically or just whenever I choose to turn it on. I never actually really Yeah, I think iPad's uh, 10% instead of 20% that is on hmm. iPhone. That's fair. I mean, the nice thing is that at least what you can do with shortcuts is set at a specific battery level to turn it on no matter what and like, right. customize that yourself. Um, but it's just nice to be able to, to trigger there too, which is cool. Yeah, that's the only other new tr automation trigger, right? There's something else. Um, no, there's focus modes also. Oh, that's right. So yeah, which actually creates very many opportunities <laughs> for automation because yeah. not just. I'm sure you're laughing because I have way too many focus modes. Oh, I do um, too now. Um, you turn me <laughs> on to the fact that <laughs> nice. uh, there's a bug. You can add extras. Yeah, <laughs> that in the beta, you can add unlimited. So I have, so I've got Do Not Disturb, Personal Work, Sleep, Music Composition, Podcasting, Entertainment, Music, and Swift. And then I added 10 more placeholders. And it's a <laughs> scrolling list uh, that I can't seem to organize the order of, which no, is a little yeah. It does do work and personal at the top, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's funny. All my X, X10 through X1, I think it's an order of creation or something. I don't know. It's, hmm. it's weird. I thought it was by title, but. Because my Xs come first and then music podcast. 
Yeah, it probably no. is registering that as like a weird something. Yeah. No, you're right. It's not. Oh my god, it moved. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Oh no, that's yeah, terrible. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna look at that. Um, they need to let us rearrange that. Yeah, for that, sure, these but, are rearrangeable. Um... And yeah, so there's. But, I guess there's supposed to be a limit on how many you can create of these. Is that right? Um, I think so. I think it's ten. Yeah. But so. uh, in terms of automations, it's just the, it's it's first of all it it's smart and so it can turn on automatically when you arrive at a location, which mm-hmm. otherwise you can't do with automations. It always has to tr- prompt you. So that yeah. alone is really like when I arrive at work is now something that you can actually truly automate. But it does kind of rely on that Siri intelligence thing. Um. But then you can also just manually trigger it in a way that just isn't weird otherwise um, because there's a set focus mode action. Yeah. So you can have a shortcut that sets a focus mode and then an automation that does something afterwards. That's a little weird conceptually because you're like, why don't I just build one shortcut that does all of it? But mm-hmm. then you can actually split out those use cases into different situations. Um, and when you turn off a... A focus, yeah. you can also run a shortcut, right? Yeah, which I haven't actually used, but uh, or so, I guess I should I should set them up for the time tracking ones because that's the major. So to imagine if like if you are one of those people that uses an iPhone with the ringer on most of the day, you could have a shortcut where when you leave work to have the ringer turned back on. Like I don't use ringers or sound enough. I think way. actually just the ringer. You could turn the volume off. I don't know if you can specifically change the ringer mode. Oh, okay. Which is, there's a lot of setting stuff that they should also add that's just like, why can't I do this? Yeah. No, I have no explanation why you can't do it. It should be an option. Every Everything that you should do on iOS should be a shortcut also, um, <laughs> which is like a little excessive. Also, it's like the settings app should be fully automated. Oh, um, totally. It's not. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would probably do it for like um, stopping a time tracker that started with the same focus mode and then... I saw someone too that like you could have something that every focus mode when it turns off um, to just have like a universal action for exiting focus modes, which is nice. Like go back to normal kind of situation. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like I forgot something about focus modes just now. And I've said it like 30 times. But Well, the homes. Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, the home screens can be set within the settings app per focus mode. And those are different on your iPhone and iPad. Um, yes. And that there is the secret to my whole iOS 15 strategy because now you can, because I have widgets and you can have stacks of widgets and you can have 15. And you can have the same app on multiple home screens in that way as well. Yeah. Also, okay. That's a great point too. As you can actually have a fully customized home screen for each focus mode, not yeah. just like your third screen is a focus, which it technically is still the same thing conceptually, but. You can just hide all of those screens normally and just have one when you're not in a focus mode. I just use a show them all still. Yeah. But um, it's still like you can actually have duplicate app. Not the, I think that's one thing that's like sometimes the Apple press is like, oh, you can have Twitter all over your home screen. And it's like, ha ha. People are like, Why? what is happening? And the actual thing that you can do is like I have a news or I have a podcast home screen that has the news app on it. But I also have like a social a social media yep. personal home screen, and that has the news thing yeah, on it's it super too. Handy. And I normally just don't look at those, mm-hmm. so that's how you actually use that feature. Yeah, but yeah, the widgets like it's so much more useful oh, being able to like have customized widgets. Like you have a folder of shortcuts for one focus and a different folder for a different uh, focus. Uh, and do you end up duplicating shortcuts in the multiple folders that you want to have in two focuses, or how do you handle that aspect of it? 
Um, you can have the same instance of a shortcode folder on multiple screens because it's just another widget. Right. Um, yeah. So you don't have to do that, which is nice. You could like specify it more, but actually now that I think about it, I need to try that more because one thing that's kind of hard about shortcuts is there's no way to just experiment with different arrangements. And so I could have one, I have like basically meta groups. I need subfolders essentially in shortcuts now, but those yeah. like all of my video shortcuts, I could have just one of those folders and then one of my blog folders and one of my other ones all on a separate page in addition to those separate home screens um and something i'm surprised about why don't we have an extra large shortcuts widget yet for ipad yeah chris lolly has been tweeting about that i think i mean in general the shortcuts widget people already aren't a super fan of the fact that it shows four and eight um in the larger version and so like i don't i haven't even like laid it out i guess it would just look like the shortcuts app but like what would it look like or um i personally think if they do do it it should let you pick the individual shortcuts and not be a folder because yeah. I don't want to have to put all of my shortcuts into a folder. I want to just pick the ones that are in that in such a large view because otherwise it's like I have to dedicate a space for it. If you have more than eight shortcuts in a folder, does it just show you the first eight or how's that? Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a whole meta thing too of like I try to put the four phone ones at the top and then other ones that I would use on my iPad in the second set. And that was, uh, I've like now, this is another thing where I can't tell if this makes sense or if I'm just adapting to what exists, but I mostly now have folders that don't have more that many more than eight because I, if I get more than eight, first of all, you just have, that's like a lot. And so in chances are you can probably group it separately individually inside that group. But then I just stack the widgets. And so I just have stacks and stacks of widgets of like all of my video ones. You can have up to 10 of a widget. And so I can have 80 shortcuts in one set of, I think, six icons or four icons. It's like, yeah. that's why when people do it, even though technically the single four shortcuts thing takes up more space than It'll take up eight icon spots on the phone, but you can stack 10 of those and then you have 40 shortcuts. Right. So like that's what I do. And something I really like on iPad is the single action widget just takes up a, an app icon. It doesn't take up four app icons or two. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a single big icon. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think in the same thing, I, I stack every... I never put a single... I don't think I have a single widget... That is just one widget. Every single one of mine is a stack. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm just a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a fan of stacks as well. I honestly, though, like, I'll say, like, I got to not, like, be mean to myself and give myself credit because, like, this works. It actually, like, I have a thousand shortcuts and I use them all now. Like, I didn't use them as much as I wanted to before because I couldn't access them. And now... A focus mode switches me into the right home screen. I can see them all on a stack. It didn't take me 45 hours to add them all to the home screen. It took me 10 seconds because I put the folder on there. And so it's so nice. Like, yeah. I just want to emphasize that, that iPad getting widgets and focus modes is like the best thing to happen to iPad ever. Probably yeah. the best thing to happen to iPhones because you know how everybody just searches in spotlight and doesn't really use the mm-hmm. billions of apps. Like now you actually can and it's freaking awesome. So let's 
Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm using widgets so much more than I ever have in the past because the focus modes and all these home screens I can set up. So you're getting me hyped again, and I love yeah. it. Um, uh, and I'm curious, how, how do you name shortcuts so they're quickly visible to you as to which shortcut it is of your you know 900? Like They have to be pretty short and concise, I'd imagine, to be visible in the widget, right? Mostly, yeah. That's a good point. I mean... It will just cut it off, and I generally know, but that's why I use the colors. Like that, that makes the difference for me. I went through a whole experience of essentially not believing that and then doing it. And it's like once you add the color and you have an icon that represents what you're talking about and a clear name, it works. Like if you do pick a system of colors and go by that, then your brain just trains yourself to recognize it. And it's just simpler and yeah. instead of like reprocessing that same information every single time. So I'm going to make a list of mine so that people could just basically steal those because I found it works for me. And like, I don't, I mean, uh, the other thing I did was one beyond the just basic universal things. I just made a duplicate for like, once I got through all of the colors, I just started with another set of colors of like, Red either means music or YouTube, not just one or the other. So it's still pretty, like, you'll be fine unless you end up having 150 folders like me. So, <laughs> um, But naming them, I try to name them for Siri. And I think it's actually kind of hard. Um, and sometimes I do just have the thing where it's like music pal instead of like, run my music shortcuts. Because sometimes it is just very stodgy, but also... It's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I've seen studies about digital assistants and how there's kind of a split down the middle of people who think of it as a person and mm-hmm. another people who think of it as a, a digital assistant that should just do what you say. Yeah. And so I at least just figured they're called Siri shortcuts. If I'm saying blank Siri, like I want it to sound like I'm saying something that makes sense. And so I think it can kind of, it maybe does make it slightly hard sometimes to like remember the phrase, but I think it also makes more logical sense to me that it's called check my app subscriptions or open a YouTube playlist, not like YouTube playlist or, or something like that. Right. So I think that in, um, even I, I felt validated by this in iOS 15 because at the top of a shortcut now, I, I guess not on the Mac, but on iOS underneath the title is like in the, um, the name of the shortcut is in the title bar now. And so, it says like open a YouTube playlist and then underneath it'll say, Hey lady, comma, open a YouTube playlist. And so the in quotes and they're like really trying to say, you can trigger this with Siri. That's the trigger phrase now because they just, you used to have to always manually set those trigger phrases. And it's like, no, the name of the shortcut is the trigger phrase. Yeah. You even had to record yourself saying it. Yeah, exactly. And so like nobody <laughs> knows how to do it anymore. And so that's, but it's, it's still, Sometimes I'm like, what do I name this shortcut? Because I I know what I want it to be. But when you say that out loud, it's not actually a sentence that sounds like I think I got very I get very meta about it. But to me, it just seems like the most natural relationship is if I am asking and, and it usually gives you a chance to have a verb and noun and stuff like that in there, too. It's yeah. like open. It's like do this kind of situation. So. Right. Yeah. So um Live text has been blowing my mind since it uh, it was introduced yeah. with the betas. Uh, does shortcuts integrate with this at all? Oh yeah, you bet it does. Um, 
it's just called or what is it called is it just get text it's like they it's very understated i feel like because you oh yeah just the get text from image and uh oh wait okay that's the here let me double check on my ipad sorry that is the problem now i'm checking on the mac and (laughs) oh it's such a weird what a whole new world we live in i know right yeah so extract text from image is what it's called and it basically just looks at the image in the same way that you can with. Um, I kept calling it computer vision, and I don't. I feel like that's such a cooler name for it. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it it'll just do that on it, processing on it, any image after you take it, and you can get the same information out of it with shortcuts, which is awesome. So. And you could build out a shortcut where it's taking an image within shortcuts, doing that processing on the image, and not saving the image to your camera roll. Is that possible? I haven't actually tested with the take photo action. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, you would assume so, although my brain is telling me that it won't work because it <laughs> just like is it's kind of a weird um, API that's activated where I don't think you have the normal camera controls anyway, and okay. I don't think you can even switch to video. So it might and it should. Whether or not it does is a different question. Right. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like the mantra of, right. of shortcuts is like, uh, integration story. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, extract text thing, it'll just spit out as a plain text file all the text it recognizes in there? Yeah, just okay. like a text output like anything else. Gotcha. Um, but it's awesome. I think like I, initially the same thing is it's actually just more convenient to copy the text out of the image itself when you take right. it. But the thing that you can do is select a bunch of images from your library and get it all out at once. And so... I even was thinking about um, a couple months ago, I did a post-it shortcut that they have an action that would recognize the squares of post-its and then the text on them and make a whole thing out of it. And I was like, wait, I guess I could just do this directly from the photo. I have no idea if it'll arrange it in the same way that they kind of do, but there's actually required the post-it app and now you could just do it. It's like take a picture of your wall and then just take a picture of individual sections and then just select all those photos, grab the text out, combine it into even columns already for you. And you got like you put it into Trello directly. Ooh, that is actually Mm. (laughs) going straight into Trello. That's the killer example because that's what Trello is. Yeah. All right. I'm building that after we're done recording. (laughs) (laughs) And uh Something I came across was the GIF uh, actions where you could snap a photo and add it to a GIF. Has this been around forever? Like, uh, I know there's those yeah. apps that like <laughs> let you like take a picture a day and turn it into a movie. You could probably create a shortcut, uh, this same thing. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that part. Um, yeah, this is this was part of shortcuts, too. That was like the, I feel like the fun, or um, workflow, but the... Yeah, the fun example of just, um, I mean, the make GIF action was the original one, but this is because you've been able to split in it, uh, GIF into individual frames and then basically act on each one and then recombine it uh, using add frame to GIF. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think actually one, I think you missed the PDF ones, and those are actually pretty awesome. So, what's new there this year? Um, just the ability to uh, split a PDF into pages. So you have been able to make a PDF mm-hmm. in the past, um, but now you can basically like operate it on it in more advanced ways and get the text out of the PDF. That was the other one, and it's um, and then also make an image into a PDF, which you could do with make PDF, but it didn't work very nicely. Yeah. And so it's kind of like specifically designed to convert images into that. So nice. I think it's one from Automator, right? 
that we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All, almost all of these are from Automator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I think it's, I mean, I've been even requesting on Twitter, like everything, uh, all the file management and Windows stuff. It's, it almost seems like, oh, I maybe won't use that. But when you really get into your job over here's and you are operating with files and PDF, like automating that stuff can actually save you days and days of work or just tons of manual detailed labor. Like some people are talking like um, academic stuff. There's all this, it's like everything is in a very specific format. And so you can actually scrape data out of all of these PDFs and things like that. So it's pretty, this is again, something that I barely tapped into because the depth of it is it's I it's so deep but it's such a narrow top focus that mm-hmm. I have to like interview people about what they want um but I mean somebody else was talking about like his kid has a workbook and uh it always shows the questions on the left and the answers on the right or something like that and so with shortcuts you could split it into individual pages get every other page and recombine it into just the answer and problem Ooh. workbook and do it in like a second and stuff like yeah. that. So it actually could be really cool. Like teachers and stuff like that always have really good use cases for shortcuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, another action I'm not quite sure what it's for is uh, basically stop and output out action. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this is kind of part of... So this... Actually, this has two levels. Um, I originally only thought that this was part of the scripting stuff because... It's a nice way, almost like if you use show alert or a quick look to preview what an action is doing in the middle of a shortcut that you're like debugging, stop and output will basically stop the shortcut there and show you what was going to be output from that action. And so I've been using that for like my API calls is a good example is like I'll um, create a record in Airtable and then open the URL for that record using the ID but when I'm debugging the results, I don't want to open the URL every time I'm testing it. And so I put this beforehand and it just shows me the output at one step. And I don't like continue. Like sometimes you have a shortcut that repeats 40 times. And if you are debugging it, it'll show the preview menu 40 times in a row. And right. so this is a good way. This is kind of a debugging action. But I think also the other thing that I just... I still need to test more too. I think on the Mac, when you right-click on something and use a services action, it will replace the text that you selected. Uh, Stu Mashwitz, who makes Slugline and is like super awesome shortcuts creator person um, and like filmmaker, um, but he he basically was saying that that's what he did. It's like you can select a good example would be like a markdown reference to a link and it could convert the markdown for you and put it into rich text immediately in line or something like in your email um so i I need to try this more because i was like ooh, i want that on shortcuts too if i could use the share sheet from the copy and paste menu and replace the text that i was selecting that would be awesome i don't think it's connected right now but it totally should um so yeah, debugging and kind of a replace the services item there. So okay. it's all still kind of new too. But yeah, sharing. We've talked a little bit about that in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. The history here is, is extensive. <laughs> we used to have files it's, that we could make up. Stack your mind up. is the biggest. <laughs> we we had these links yeah. you could share. And what, what's the what, where are we now? <laughs> you used to be able to take 
shortcut and workflow files and just drag them out of the app and then they would create a file that you could add back into the app those were lovely i can't tell i don't know especially since i was never on the inside for any of this but there was a while where it's like people can generate shortcuts from just p lists of what would be the data and i think there was concern that they could like inject stuff that you couldn't see or something like that into the file and then when you add it, you wouldn't know what was happening. I don't know. There's all there's a whole lot of layers, but yeah. basically they took the ability to import shortcut files away and said it was a security issue and then send us all into iCloud links. And then even in the process, I feel like this was specifically for me because I asked for it. There was the ability to get link to file from get my shortcuts and you could generate copies of multiple shortcut files at once. I think probably the problem was that I did this like once a week and made probably 10,000 links um, (laughs) that were also many times just duplicates of the exact same thing. (laughs) And so I have no idea if this somehow created some of the like sync problems or just like my ID has like all this ridiculous amount of data that the average person has for. And like I'm just, it's just like an abuse of the system almost. And then even. I didn't even realize that I was really doing this and that this wasn't, they probably weren't happy about this, but like you can technically get a copy of the file from Apple servers through like the shortcut iCloud link API, which Mm -hmm. I was also scraping in order to, I would take all of those links, scrape the data from the ID at the end into, I found an API somehow, I don't even remember how, but there's like the API that Apple uses to interpret the pages and I log that information into my Airtable. So it's like the color and the name and some other stuff like that. Um, but now, this summer, that action just doesn't even work. Get linked Ooh. to file just doesn't do it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, in, in theory, really only though. So the big difference, though, is that we can import the shortcut files. And so. And this is probably because the Mac deals with files more yeah that's true what's going on the other difference is that they're now signed with the person who's sharing them even as you export the file Hmm. and so so, if there's a nefarious shortcut apple can yeah yeah and also like i don't i think this is another thing where like i'm not actually a developer so there's a way on the mac that you can sign shortcuts using the command line i think if you're generating them then you can authenticate them also I think that's basically what that means, but um, it it basically means that now we can give people just an actual file and backup ourselves. I do think the iCloud link is probably a better experience, but if Apple isn't going to enable me to do it at scale, I just kind of don't have a choice because I'm going to be like, even though I could share them individually, mm-hmm. no, um, I'm nope. just not going to do that. And so I can actually just give people the files and the benefit for me is that I, I host my own website. And so yeah. I can actually put the file at a URL that you can get. I think the weird thing, though, I still need to even double-check this, like, probably tonight, um, is just, like, are you downloading the shortcut to your downloads folder when that happens? Or does it just open right away into the into right. shortcuts? Because it, it does... Once you click on the file, it'll open the shortcuts into the gallery and be like, it's a normal shortcut and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But so I'm still testing that. But is there a way to mass export all your shortcuts in the files? Um, you can just drag them and drop them all into files. And the get my shortcuts action has always produced the dot shortcut file. You just oh. couldn't do anything. Yeah, you just couldn't open or uh, 
re-add it. So I so you can use the get my shortcut. Yeah. Okay. Because the the thing that you can do with the shortcut is if you, I don't. I'd have to even have it open in front of me to remember the exact steps, but you can rename it as a plist, which then you can scrape the data out of. And I look at the actions inside and the IDs for the actions, and then I associate what actions are inside of a shortcut, and that's what's on my website. It's like, hmm. this shortcut includes these actions, and then also this action works in these shortcuts. And so it's this whole back-and-forth thing that's pretty awesome. Gotcha, yeah. Some new advanced toggles this year. Um, al- oh, yeah. So we got allow running scripts, allow sharing large amounts of data, allow deleting without confirmation, and allow deleting large amounts of data. So what are these uh, for? I mean, some are self-explanatory. Um, I, I think allow running scripts is just for the Mac and those kind of actions. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess, does it... It's a toggle on the iPad, so there's Oh, uh, run, run script over SSH is the action. Okay. Um, because that is definitely, you need to know what you're doing in order to, I mean, first of all, even figure it out. But if somebody else put a sh- that into a shortcut, you would want to be really careful. Because that's just send a command to somebody else's computer is what it is. Um, it, in theory, your own computer, but a computer. And otherwise, that, that stuff on the Mac is just like another level. So it makes sense that they have a toggle there. And I'm pretty, I don't totally recall, but I think it'll prompt you to allow these things. Except for, I think, allow share large amounts of data. Um, I actually was just putting this in my newsletter for the week because somebody else was tweeting about this and didn't understand why one of his calendar actions that just looked up the last the next couple of weeks wasn't working. Because yeah, what is a large amount? It's very vague. I think that's all it is. Is it's like sixty or something pieces of data or something like that. So if you are trying to get, I think calendars is probably going to be where people would run into it the most because Mm -hmm. if you're a busy person and you have a lot of meetings in the next week, you could easily hit. So it's not a file size. It's just like X number of like data. Both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's probably, I think it's probably more about (laughs) the uh, count more than the file size, but mm-hmm. I I haven't personally ran into the file size at least, so that's worth um it's at least worth checking out if you're randomly having issues. I it should prompt you for these things, but at least I'm pretty sure this tweet was saying it was just not working. Hmm. Um and then I think allow deleting large amount of data is the same thing, but right. um deleting without confirmation too. I think these are toggles. One thing that w- workflow was built with actions like delete reminders. And there was a non-optional menu that showed up multiple times that was like, do you want to delete? And then it was like, do you really want to delete? Because because it you was, can nuke someone's photo library yeah, through a shortcut. Yeah, you can delete everything. Or I don't know about photos specifically, probably for good reason. But at least even reminders could be pretty bad if you lost your whole reminders list and you really use that. Or like the years and years of data you can actually, like, if you just did five reminders, delete reminders, it would delete everything in your entire library. Yeah, there's so, like, a delete files action, uh, Evernote delete notes action, there is a working copy delete branch, and there is a photos delete photos action, oh, and then yeah, remove yeah. reminders, hmm. remove events. I wonder if that's, how new is that? Because I don't necessarily, I don't know, I guess you have been able to. Because I use, yeah, I mean, it's it was part of even like the way to basically make a duplicate is you just create a new one and delete the original one. But right. It would they would prompt you, and so that is a nice addition, even that you can like completely get rid of those prompts. And 
I think the big thing is it kind of you can't automate it at that point. And mm. I need to personally use it for um, I'm doing a technique where I upload images and files to Dropbox and then get the direct link to uh, upload it to Airtable because it requires the assets be live at a URL and I can't just upload them directly. Right. And then I want to delete them after I upload them. <laughs> it's like, thanks, Dropbox, for being my... I mean, it's a file hosting service. That makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, any other new actions that we haven't covered that you'd like to before we wrap it up? I'm pretty sure that's it. I read them all up on my website. Let me just double check real quick. I mean, on the Mac, you can interact with Finder, so you can reveal files in Finder. You can get the selected things and you can label them too. Which the labels would be really nice for iPad, um, and even. There isn't a open in files action. I noticed this now that I, this happens. I want to like look at my files folder and there's no way to do that. Hmm. There was even, now that I think about it, I'm saying this out loud, so I filed this as feedback too. There was a get location action for the files app that was in the first three betas that is now no longer there. Ooh. And I'm actually kind of pissed because that was really nice. Because yeah. I was I had it just open my shortcuts folder open my documents and things like that it's just gone i don't know what's going on hmm. um so i'll file that one too um oh you can activate the mac screensaver sure why not cool <laughs> that's pretty nice um oh the two that are nice are you can add calendars and you can add photo albums now so Ooh. you used to not be able to do that Very nice. and you can create like a whole especially for People who use Fantastical with calendar sets, you can kind of do a lot more fancy calendar type things. Or or like, I mean, I would share shortcuts that say, like, here's my work calendar. And if you don't have a work calendar and you add it, it would just show your default one. And so I can actually create a work calendar and have you, it like automatically sets up when you run that shortcut, which would be nice. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Like some were renamed. Yeah, the photo album thing. You could do some creative things there with searching and automating some album creation. Uh, there's one Apple Watch action: set wake on wrist or set wake on wrist raise, so oh. you can change the ability to um, have it like turn on or off. So I think the main way I would use that is in a focus mode. Yeah, it's like I really do want to focus. Stop showing me my stupid watch. Like, <laughs> yeah, because by default, ever since I got the always on display. I've had it set to off, and the way I turn my screen from always-on mode to real mode is I turn the crown or tap the screen, and by default, it just it never wakes up. So that automation could be kind of useful if I want to selectively hmm. have that enabled for whatever reason, because by default, I, I don't. Yeah, I'd probably either do, yeah, like trigger it being an automation or, I mean, that could be a like complication even of just like oh, do... Yeah wake mode or wake up mode or not yeah sleepy time or uh, sleepy watch yeah <laughs> or certain focuses i do have it uh turned on to <laughs> to show me the screen yeah interesting i feel like the only thing that's really missing is um support for just the new stuff they're adding to ios so like smart lists and reminders and those kind of uh, like notes tags or those safari tabs that's all stuff that i just want I want Apple to keep up with that stuff and mm -hmm. like set an example for developers too with and just like native apps and more actions for that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I do think like the advancements in APIs or even there was a uh, 
developer session that was just like, here's how to make good actions and the types of actions that you should make. It's like, please send that. <laughs> they like send that to your teammates while you're at it <laughs> because they are not, not it's like part of it's like the pages team makes the pages shortcuts, not the shortcuts yeah. team. And so I think that's just kind of a structural thing with Apple, but I think at least it's on all platforms now. Yeah. I hope like we get a mid-year update with some more actions or something after they roll out yeah. the major OS. And it's it's a it's a ro- three-year rollout for, or I don't know if it was three years, but a multi-year rollout for shortcuts replacing all of the other Mac automation mm-hmm. things. So yeah. I'll at least, man, I really hope it's not three years until we get <laughs> what the, the kind of support that we actually want from this stuff. But I mean, it's still... Yeah. It's awesome. And I think um, at least until apps are developing third-party actions for shortcuts, I think actually the web is a super interesting opportunity for shortcuts users um, because tons of people do stuff with websites. So just making simple bookmarks could be something. But learning that like at contents of URL and API call stuff is what can be super powerful and if there's not a Mac app for it and it's just a web service, you can probably still use it with shortcuts if you can authenticate through a fancier method like that. So Yeah, and the API system's pretty cool. Um, and you can tend to find... Ooh, you know. actually, that reminds me. Before I forget, the dictionary action has been redesigned so that you can actually build dictionary in that nesting uh-huh. data a lot better and that's actually really really good because it was really it would just open up a mode window over a window before and it was really easy to lose your place and i think dictionaries yeah it was pretty cumbersome before i remember building out some of those dictionaries yeah dictionaries are a lot more approachable you can see all of it right away i think that's actually a really understated thing that i've forgotten about myself so i'm glad i just remembered that because that. If you're in that world, it makes yeah. such a big difference, and it it can make it can make the web approachable to anybody in many ways. So that's a pretty exciting update. Excellent, yeah, yeah. I remember doing a lot of HubSpot uh, API um, shortcuts yeah, back cool. in the day, and yeah, uh, APIs can be pretty powerful, and you can tend to find some good examples and documentation that it's not documentation for shortcuts, but <laughs> it's just documentation, and it's like, oh, this can plug right in the shortcuts. Well, my before I go, this is my last my big thing that I've been doing because ironically, because the post of WordPress action broke, I've been using probably the oldest school API, and that's XML RPC <laughs> to upload XML files to my WordPress site. Oh, wow. But it basically with I have a bunch of custom stuff on top with custom categories and fields, and I figured out how to automate all of that. I even I one thing I just love about shortcuts platform is I just googled XML to JSON converter Reddit shortcuts and there was one and I just installed it and it worked right away and then I just converted the XML files and then I could operate on them like a dictionary and shortcuts and so now I can automate every every shortcut I can make I could post it to my website immediately fully designed the way I want it which is very cool and like oh I'm so excited about that that I just I just want to share it right now so <laughs> <laughs> super cool so um yeah where can people find uh that uh, shortcut and uh, all the other stuff you're up to yes um it is matthewcasnelli.com and slash series shortcuts is where my shortcuts catalog is and that includes my shortcuts library the action directory which i've also just redesigned to to include a lot more information um 
And the thing that I'm going to start adding soon is a third module. I don't, I haven't fully landed on the name. I think it's going to be the app gallery, but it's going to be the apps that work with shortcuts and their actions. And Ooh, it'll all be hooked be together too and things like that. So I'm super excited. Um, and part of that all is supported by a membership program that I run that I'd love for people listening to this to sign up and let me know what kind of shortcuts you want to want me to build because I build exclusive shortcuts for that community and things like that. Um, and I do live streams there and you can access all this extra information about the shortcuts catalog. And I'm going to be doing a ton there. Um, I, ju- I just launched that last year. I'm coming up on one year now and it's, it's been so nice. The direct support helps so much. Um, and it just enables me to spend time doing all this cool stuff for free too. So that is actually, I, I've been, that's awesome. And the membership you can just find at matthewcastanelli.com? Yeah, slash membership. Awesome. Um, and also, too, like I do YouTube videos. I'm kicking those back up soon. Um, and then the big thing, too, that I'm trying to relaunch is the Shortcuts user group on Discord where people can come and just ask questions and we can all help each other. It's actually so nice because I'll just be like, I don't know how to do this regular expression, and somebody will just do it for me while I'm like making dinner or something like yeah. that. <laughs> it's not that that's... It's also I like to give back to the community too, but it's it's a ton of fun, um, and that's free to join and everything. So it's awesome. Well, thank you, Matthew. Uh, this is always um, just a, such a fun chat every year to see what's new with shortcuts, and uh, yeah, this was a fun chat. So thank you so much for your time tonight. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It's always great to share and just get excited about shortcuts again right before the iPhone comes out. So hopefully, we got fun news there too, and everybody's just basking in the glory of shortcuts on all the platforms it's it's awesome this is uh it's so hard to like i didn't expect that we were going to get shortcuts for mac this year and so yeah, when it came, came sooner than i don't everybody was like some people expected it and i was like what so i feel like <laughs> it's it's still so understated what it's going to mean to be able to just anybody can automate on any apple device and they can automate any apple device and apps and almost any web service it's so cool yeah and i feel like i i worked out the kinks of some of my stuff like i said i can post like i'm going to be doing a stream and putting that stuff up for people all the time so i'm so i'm so pumped for the next year it's going to be good awesome thanks again awesome thank you well that was my interview with matthew castanelli all about shortcuts my thanks to matthew for his time recording this episode make sure to check out his membership and newsletter at matthewcastanelli.com Thank you for your time and attention tuning in to this episode. And if this episode is released after Apple September event, enjoy iPadOS 15. And I'm excited to dive more into that big OS update in some future episodes. With that, thanks again for listening. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.